0: Hi there, Rob. Hey, Jersey. There's no theme music. I didn't hear the theme music. I was waiting for it, and it didn't show. So what's going on? Well, this is one of those rebroadcasts where we reach back into the
1: archive of well over 300 episodes over... Nine years of doing, doing this show, thinking really hard about various aspects of our creative projects, visual storytelling, user experience design, game development, and on and on. Storytelling, what have you. So, well, as we you know, normally do from time to time, well, events come up and we do a, this rebroadcast to share one of those things from the archive. And we have for you today, episode 249
0: called UX Bag of Useful Stuff. From September 2018, so even if you have been listening to every episode as they have aired, this is from some time ago. I defy you to remember what we talked about in that episode. So, Rob, give us, give us the. Can you give us like a short version of what we're going to listen to as we re- revisit this old episode? Uh, this is one of those where we
1: we talk about some useful connections between. So you're a, a maker and, and possibly a storyteller, and how the ideas and skills of user experience can really can can help you in a variety of ways, like, well, you need to get to the point of presenting your work and uh, putting it, you know, out into the world. And what are some useful things to think of when you you do that? So we we talk about that in the, um, you know, like UX and as the context uh, in the context of, of being a storyteller and a small business person but then we talk about some just really, you know, hands-on practical things that you can do to it, you know, cause user experience is, is a, um, it's sort of really acknowledging humans and how we see the world and, and the context in which we meet the things that, that um, well creators are providing to us. So like, let's, let's think about that through tools like um like a user journey, or um, thinking about like eh, some handy heuristics as a place to start, Examining, examining and critiquing what you're doing and,
0: and even empathy mapping so, mm.
1: lots of tools to, to explore here.
0: Cool. I can't wait to dive in, but before we do that, we have to thank some people who make this show possible. And those are the folks who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash lean into art is the website. What is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. If you say, I believe in Robin Jersey, I believe in what they do and what they stand for. I want to make their project more sustainable by supporting them on an ongoing basis. For as little as a dollar a month. And I want to thank five people who have been doing exactly that. First up, Jodels Pox. Thank you, Jodels. You can find Jodels Pox on Twitter at jbombartist. And Gail Bushman. Thank you, Gail. You can find Gail on Instagram at nightingaleart. And Nate Marcel, big booster of the show. Shows up to a lot of our live streams. Thank you, Nate. You can find Nate on Twitter at greatseamonster. And Sarah Loudfee. Lauf- thank you, Sarah, for believing in us and what we do. And finally, Mike White, who you can find on Instagram at MikeWhiteRobot. You can join them all at Patreon.com slash where We will find all the shows we make, as well as the extra leans. The shows record only for le- ex- only for people who support us on Patreon. And those posts become an open mic thread where you can talk about whatever you want in a safe space with fellow leaners. It also gets you access to the Lean Art Discord server, which is like a forum. And there's three public channels. There's three channels only for people who support us on Patreon patreon.com slash lean into art thank you to everybody who supports us there it means a lot to us thank you so much all right do you want to start talking about ux i'd love to except
1: uh not live this time let's hit uh, let's hit play on the recording
0: Hi there! Thank you for downloading, listening to, and watching the Lean Into Artcast, a show where a couple of visual storytellers get together and ruminate on some different kinds of topics, thoughts, wonderings that occur to one when one in, takes on the endeavor of visual storytelling. We think hard about this stuff, so you will too. My name is Jersey Drost. I'm a cartoonist and teaching artist. The other host is
1: Hey, I'm Rob Stenzinger, a user experience and so, game so you designer. Will too.
0: My yeah. na- Sorry about that, Rob. I forgot to hit mute on my video preview, so that now they got fed in to the <laughs> mix. That was freaky. I was so excited that I did like a clean intro where I was like, "I'm not goofing up. I'm not. I'm not tripping on any words." I came in here smooth, smooth as silk. Time to go sleek. And then I do that. <laughs> I hit a tab, and now you hear me talking over myself. That's okay.
1: Well, that's like a special, um, special effect. That's a trick. Somehow. I, I think that added like adding more jersey adds it adds more you know more everything so
0: it's more flavor <laughs> more flavor <laughs> yes i don't know so uh so okay so we are visual storytellers we make things to communicate with images a lot of images uh, comic books game design um uh, user experience and this week for our 249th episode we're going to focus on the UX stuff, the user experience stuff, um, which you brought to the table this time, Rob, as as our UX guy on the team. Um, <laughs> and it turns out this is something we've talked about quite a bit in the past, huh? It's it's definitely come up
1: a lot of times as a, as a theme. And uh, in, in different, different angles, bits and pieces, uh, there's this... Um, Let's see parts of the topic. We all dating all the way back to episode 36, um, when we talked about uh preparedness. And I think we visited um some ideas related to uh empathy mapping. Oh, wow, Um, we
0: did it back then. Holy moly, that was in May of 2012.
1: Well, you know, we've been together for seven years, so (laughs) it's hard to
0: remember all those things. so okay so, so yeah. episode 36 uh you know what in 6 years i bet your thoughts have changed or evolved or been refined over that time i doubt that what you're going to say or talk about today is going to match perfectly to what we talked about in episode 36 but that'll be a good i think
1: yeah you'll be able to play it over itself and there'll be a slight delay really but it'll be yeah it'll be just like watching the moon surface not much changes <laughs> no i mean <laughs> what's funny is I look back at that and I was like, wow, we talked about empathy math mapping way back then. And I for, totally forgot about the example link that we, uh, that we used as a uh, part of, you know, a resource to share. So, yeah. And that's just, um, a, a sampling. So we talked about, um, you know, UX related to character writing on episode 86. We talked about, um, collaborating with, uh, and you mentioning some, some, um, the, collaborative design things on episode 116 um episode 198 it worked into when we talked about the hero's journey and uh one and 222 there's a a a thing that's that's part of this thesis that that that's like uh, this this kind of grab bag of of ux things right uh that tomorrow's skill or feature talk about that that was episode 222 and then in 241 pretty recent we talked about launching a product and uh, yeah, ways to test ideas and whatnot, which is a huge thing, the feedback loop and user experience and, um, and using some kind of, well, the people you're serving as part of the, uh, the, the design criteria to make the thing you make um, better, or at least how you present the thing, right, and uh, in, in, in improve it. So it reaches them
0: and serves like you hope it would. Um. Yeah. So this is this a... is like a playlist we can put together in the show notes for oh, this topic. Yeah. Um. You know, something else we talked about. I I am totally not trying to put any kind of pressure on either of us to like, hey, let's make another thing. But I, I'll say this to see what if there's any interest out there. Like, would it be useful to the leaners if we took collections of episodes like this and just like packaged them up on something like Gumroad where you can just download them for free, but it's like one link to just get them. Or are you fine with us just putting together like a links, a list of links? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, we can,
1: that's a, that's a product we could test. Right. Yeah. Cause there's uh, getting some signal. This is a, this is we're modeling right here. Right. So you can <laughs> ask yourself, what would this be a good thing? You can get feedback with, which is a kind of, in a way you're doing a, a little survey to, to get, you know, see what kind of response happens. But, that uh, a survey response is one thing, actual behavior, uh, observable evidence in the world, that's a different thing entirely. So, no, if I'm, people I'm just going to
0: focus group it around. Uh, Sorry. It was, I'm ah, just good group people. Ah, turn the knob this way if you like it, turn the knob that way if you don't like it. And I'm going to take that I am data. I'm fresh
1: out of tables to flip, but I'm <laughs> flipping them.
0: <laughs> okay, Maybe okay. The so, um, huh? I'm sensing a good, good transition to go into. Okay. Me throwing an argument at you, and you coming back at me. Where I say, "Rob, I'm a cartoonist. I'm not a UI/UX designer. I can't do this. Only special people with educations can do this." And then what I'm do is I'm gonna hit the music like this to get Rob pumped up. Say, "Come back and get me."
1: I'm coming for you now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Real talk. It sounds like you're going through a phase. Uh, you you're you're going through a situation. You're eager. You've got stuff to share. You've got your creative effort. You're putting it. You're putting it into the world. That's wonderful, and it's natural. It's, it happens. It happens to a, a lots of people, right? And as you're going through this, you're going to notice how maybe it's others are noticing. Your work, maybe they're not, maybe they're noticing your work and then not doing much after that, or maybe they notice your work, start doing stuff after that, and maybe even telling you the kinds of things they would like you to make next, but what are you doing about that where's There's a potential feedback loop you could be tuning into, and that's kind of what the whole user experience thing is. It's this uh, not just set and forget not just put something uh, into the world that's awesome getting through the whole creative cycle and finishing it um, the challenge is is well how will the world really get to benefit most from what you make if there's uh, if there's some disconnect at the end of the uh, end of the cycle where you're like it's there but but now what what can you do? Yeah, there's stuff like marketing and all that, right? And and other things we've, you know, we could think about that too. But there is just the 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 elements of, well, who are you trying to serve? Maybe this is the right product, maybe it's not, maybe it could be packaged differently. And then, you know, using some things from the tool set, the toolbox that is um in in the realm of user experience that y- you could you could benefit from. And the thing is, you are. Um, you have a foothold on some of these skills, just as you are, just by going through. You made something, Um, okay. Uh, And I know we're going to dive into more into the examples of of that later on. But uh, hmm. is this how's this going? As far as what answering your question,
0: it's 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 strangely timely in that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up my personal website jdroz.com. Uh, I have a link in my sidebar. It says, "Who wants me to lead a workshop at your school?" And it's got a kid in the audience raising their hand. Right? Isn't that cute? And you it click is. that li- you click that link, and it takes you to a list of like you know justification for teaching comics classes, and then like some out of the box workshops. Here's like a catchy title with a description, and it says what my rates are and everything. Even says like even has links to some of my Lean into art workshops even has a link to a video of me doing a talk on why comics are important, but you know what wasn't on there? A contact button. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, And so I got a direct message on Twitter from like a school district where like, hey, we would really love to have you come to our schools and teach to a whole lot of kids and pay you a lot of money to do it, but we don't know how to reach you. <laughs> and then they, they actually said very politely like, you know, an email address on your website would probably be a good idea. <laughs>
1: Yeah! Wow, that's a that's an awesome example of getting a signal from your audience. <laughs> very very direct, and <sighs> and look at like they went through that extra effort, which is interesting. Like who is who's there that's not going through that effort?
0: Yeah, yeah. That was my next thought. I was like, who? You know, guess what I'm doing this weekend? I'm updating my website a little bit. <laughs> and then when, I, when you suggested this topic, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I get to dive into this and come into this weekend really fresh with a lot of great ideas for how to think about my, my personal site. So that's how this is sounding to me, Rob. When you ask that question, Uh, that's what I'm hearing.
1: And that's, that's exactly what this, this episode is for. Uh, It's, it's to, to, it's to take a tour of these things. It's to sort of point out that, okay, maybe you aren't about to go um, as a way to support your efforts. If you've, if you've focused on, well, writing comics and um, maybe even gathering some extra skills about putting comics on the web and whatever uh, that may, you may not be ready to essentially lead you a user experience research team or even be a researcher on a team or to do other things related to uh, providing UX research, UX skills professionally, like um, I don't know, collaborative design and, and doing uh, wireframes to, to get a project from concept into, you know, step-by-step, uh, validating the thoughts, testing the ideas along the way. But like uh, in, 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 let's see, with all the tricks and, tri- and trimmings of, of UX, right? You don't have to make interactive prototypes. You don't have to do all that. But there's a lot that you could do, right? There's, there are things that are, that, um, that are the equivalent of um, just trying a new app with a goal in mind. And it can give you some new perspective on, on your problem. And especially if you not just try a new app, but you try something like make something and then put it in front of someone to get to get feedback and keep that into your process. And now you're you're benefiting from user-centric design, especially. Um, you know, we'll share some some again more examples about that along the way, but just know feel bolstered or uh comfortable with uh dabbling in this just a little bit can give you. Uh, good, can give you significant benefit, you know, that you don't have to essentially have the uh, official label or title of this thing to, to start picking up some of the tools and skills from it in the, you know, the, the early approachable ones at the very least. Um, and that's where um, just to hang a little lampshade on that is we, we talked all about that concept in our episode. Um, let's see tomorrow's skill or feature two twenty two, And I think the quote from that, that was a catalyst for that whole episode was when I journaled uh, today's role is tomorrow's skill and next week's feature. Whole idea is that there's a whole ecosystem of people providing these capabilities, books get better and better apps and ways to automate stuff, get better and better tools, all that. Uh, And um, yeah, taking advantage of that can can be handy to get started and get you by um, at least solve those problems a little bit better than you were. So,
0: uh, any, uh, yeah, stop me or, well, it, it's I'll just, keep, I, I, keep I'm feeling the, the desire bubbling up to play devil's advocate again and say, yes, yes. I am yeah. used to leveling up all the time as a cartoonist, as a cartoonist, as a freelance cartoonist, I am leveling up like crazy when it comes to communicating visually. um, you talk about trying out new apps and you try to think about like with a purpose and everything, God, I don't got to do that. Do I, I mean, I'm, I'm a freelance cartoonist. I don't have to think about UI UX design. I'll just get a Wix site, you know?
1: Sure. Um, that's true. So you can, uh, but you kind of did by that little thought process. You said, you know what? I want to find the, an approachable, an approachable way to solve this problem with the skills and the time and the resources I have. Right. That's Great you don't have to go buy the the cool stuff that someone doing ux design day in and day out might might do um but you may have some of these tools already i mean you're a visual communicator uh you 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 can be using these same tools that you design your pages and layouts in uh to design the the, the overall layout or intent or even the flow of of like well web page where you're presenting your products or your portfolio, your services.
0: Well, and, and I think something you've said in past episodes on this topic before and it, what's in the notes here is something I'm reminded of is as a freelance cartoonist, my job is to create work that the client wants. Right now, when it comes to like working with a publisher, it's a different thing. But like when I'm doing like storyboards for like a TV commercial or something or if I'm doing like illustration for some kind of advertisement uh, for, you know, a university or something like that. Uh, I have to have a conversation with them as to who I'm serving with this artwork and tailor it for that, right? And I, in like, in the best case scenarios, which we did an episode with Jesse Kaufman a while back uh, about the relationship we have working on the Captain Seriously project, and all the conversations I have with all the different people involved, all the different teachers, school administrators, um, and then the people in the Seriously organization itself to create a product that that serves all of their needs. So shame on me for not thinking more like that about the presentation of my presence online, right? Who do I want to visit this thing? How do I make this easy for them to look at? And how do I talk to them more to be, get input on that?
1: Okay, Too, super funny. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. This, you, you might end up tapping into a well of, oh, gosh I totally forgot I should have done this thing like well you know for instance putting in a, a link to your email on your on your portfolio um, <laughs>
0: yeah maybe. I wonder how much business I missed
1: um, <laughs> oh, that's not good that feeling can be a pretty big mixed bag I'm guessing right <laughs> yeah um but <sighs> this stuff happens and it's and and part of why it happens is not having some kind of like recurring recurrence to it, right? So you revisiting it from time to time, uh, especially when you when you pick up stuff you notice about it over time, uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you will find those errors. Like having one error isn't that big of a deal, but I mean but in never having the chance or or having that be sort of a an an accidental event why that error is discovered, that's the that's that's the harder part and you know making time for that how many of these things can you afford to put in your um like your flow how do you run your your business or your your side project or whatever it is um this might be one of those things you want to to be tuning into with some recurrence what kind of traffic am i getting on that page what kind of uh results am i noticing like the like people reaching out to me oh why am i not getting anyone reaching out to me you know that kind of thing. Um and it's it can it can be easy like you notice a mistake and it's almost like the I'm guessing the intensity of one of those mistakes can build up if it's if it's been out there a long time. Like like I know I've noticed like spelling errors and stuff on my portfolio before that have been there like for a year, right? Not the best feeling, but it happens and I don't know. I think it's a good reminder to be like, ah, oh, there's got to be some kind of, some kind of recurrence to this. So maybe setting a calendar, calendar appointment quarterly, even annually, something better than nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah. And, and, and so like as a visual storyteller, you've got, you've got the ability to uh, think through how you communicate the, the layout of a thing as a, as a, like, well, um, let's see. Written storyteller, what have you, just telling stories, you're used to inhabiting the points of views of, of different characters. And now you can think about, well, the different kinds of people who would be coming to your, um, to use your services are just other worldviews to inhabit. So, from someone else's perspective and goals, what does this look like?
0: Uh, I have a great, can example they accomplish that? Yeah. I, I I'm pulling it up. I have a great example of that, that man and really just like splashed some cold water in my face about this recently. Um, keep going. I'm sorry. I'm going to look this up while you find, while you
1: No, oh, cool. I love,
0: I love that you're bringing,
1: digging up examples. And, and, uh, this is all part of that whole ball of encouragement that says there are, there's a foothold in this. And especially if, so you are someone who, um, uh, okay, you're making your own stories, but then you're also consulting and doing this work for others as well. Yeah, clearly you have the um, you have some practices that will be a good foothold to digging into um, taking a fresh look at how could you evaluate um, setting up your 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 how you're presenting your work.
0: Okay, so it's Oh, sorry, Rob.
1: Yeah, you have an example, Jersey
0: oh yeah I do uh, so for, uh, this is going to be tough for the people who are listening on audio but I've talked about this example so many times that maybe long time listeners will be able to conjure this in their mind but this is that example I've used a lot to demonstrate how comics can do things that other media can't you remember this Amethyst page um, where here let me see if I can mark it up like the interesting thing about it that I use in the in the classroom is the reading direction is panel one. Oh, let me get a different ink color sorry about that uh I want a nice bright color. There we go. So it goes panel one to panel two to panel three to panel two, panel four, panel five, and to panel three, right? Mm. So I was using this once in a classroom with teachers who didn't really read comics very much. The whole point of the class was to teach them how to use comics in the classroom, And, and I was trying to inspire them to show them, like, look how powerful this medium is that you're playing with. And this one teacher looked up at me, and she looked very pained, and she said, why are you doing this to me? And Anne said... In retrospect, uh, you know, perhaps that wasn't the best example because you kind of threw them in the deep end and just asked them to swim and you might've scared Mm. some of them off rather than inspired them, you know? And she was, she's totally right. I didn't stop to think what is their worldview? What is, what is their experience? What kind of stuff are they doing on a regular basis? Would this particular example be appropriate to somebody who's teaching third grade? Right. Um, Yes it's an exciting thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean just because I see how why it's exciting doesn't mean anybody else or the people in that particular moment needs to see so I think about like designing a portfolio site yeah I've got like crazy skills when it comes to thinking about how to organize information visually but I also have a depth of knowledge that can also lead me to go down uh, primrose paths to things that may be clever or cute or elegant but not necessarily communicative does that make sense uh yeah it does and i think i mean in the uh,
1: you may be trying to like there's always there's someone in mind that you're trying to please there's some kind of criteria like you're you're making a, a layout or you're just even the names you give the stuff on your site like what like if you're making it, if there's a menu and what words you use to choose in the menu and what uh, labels you're giving the sections of your page, all this stuff can be, uh, well, making it easier to sort of find one's way through it or uh, or maybe saying something else. Maybe in the absence of thinking of of this other audience, you can really get pulled into the your normal things that you find um, are, are excellent and attractive and exciting and skillful. So is that who you're trying to speak to And, um, if it isn't, well, what's the benefit? What's the value of this thing you're trying to convey to them? And so maybe use that as a way to both in, in like the content, whatever what you're showing. And also how do you arrange and display the content?
0: Yeah. So
1: that's, um, Interesting. So yeah, and, and choosing that's yeah choosing those examples. Um, so you can think of it as y- you can always find a way to. Uh, gosh, it's the feedback loop again. So in if with your audience, you're sharing a thing, and is it resonating? Um, maybe when you're setting yourself up, self up to present a share, use um, like some progressive disclosure, and that's like a principle we'll talk about in a little bit. Something that um that starts out with this approachable, you know, initial step, but then there's something behind that step. And then maybe something behind the step behind that, right? And but but there's a way to lead someone through uh and as they're digging in. And so I guess part of what I want to convey with this 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 the intro, um this this context and invitation to say, yeah, pick up some of these tools. Not all of them will cut you. Um it's not magic user experience and that the the tools and disciplines related are um you know we try we're trying to understand people and how how we think um and how we think about how others think and what and then test those ideas like whatever you end up coming up with and then do something based on what you learn from having tested that idea not magic (laughs) uh and and uh let's see let's see Part of it too. I even if you're making not the best, perfect decision with your user experience, maybe you catch only one problem, and there could there could be more. That's all right. I mean, you still act at least are on a path of some kind of improvement and tuning in to um, who's trying to um, connect with you and your services. But then we've got some thoughts, like actual tools, a toolbox of
0: stuff to dig so we're into. To, we're going to open up the tool bag in the second half
1: yeah yeah all right that's what we'll do
0: no magic tricks but useful tools that we're gonna breeze through and rob is going to try to invite us into the world of thinking about ux a little bit more carefully in in presenting our work i'm excited about it uh we'll do that in about a minute and 30 seconds and uh but before we do that, we have to thank some people who make the show possible. And those people happen to be the folks who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash art is the website. What is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. You can say, like, I believe in Robin Jersey. I believe in the work that they make. Here's a dollar a month or whatever you can afford that helps make the show more sustainable. We want to thank five people who have been doing exactly that. First up, Brandon Dayton. Find Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Dayton. Brandon's doing a, an art giveaway for a Green Monk. You should check it out. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon Dayton. And then Jesse Kaufman, who we just mentioned a little while ago, who's a friend of the show, been on the show a couple times. Uh, you can find Jesse on Twitter at Jesse Kaufman, K A U F M A N. And then D Jusan. Thank you, D, for believing in us and what we do. You can find D on Twitter at D E E J U U S A N. And Esprit Devera, you can find Esprit on Twitter at tech. thank you Esprit. And finally, Ben Odgren, and you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben, O-D-G-R-E-N. And you can join them at patreon.com slash leanator, where you will find all the shows we make, as well as the extra leans, the shows we record just for people who support us on Patreon, where it's me and Rob riffing live on topics, and usually we start with no agenda, right? And we always land with some kind of takeaway, don't we? Every time. Every single time. 124 episodes of Extra Lean. And you can get them right now by joining us at patreon.com slash lean into art. We thank everybody who has been supporting us there. It means a lot. It does. Thank you so much. All right. We need some music to take us into the toolbox stuff. Do I have any like toolbox music I could play? Hmm. Do I? Um, what's this one? So, it's it's a little bit leaded, a little heavy, a little synthy. But at least bridges this over. It does. It's saying that
1: maybe not all of the tools are safe here. So, <laughs> Is that how that's, that one That's started? fair enough. It's a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, it's it's good to be safety conscious when we're thinking about <laughs> That's right. Helping our audience. Um, Okay. So the intent of this, like, I'm curious about your reactions. We'll share tools and try to do a tour, right? In a way it's, this is like, okay, here you're, you're in a workshop. There's this kind of table and that kind of table and this kind of, you know, uh, clippy thing and this kind of stacky thing, whatever. Um, But then now, you know, like this stuff is there. Um, and we've, we have delved deeper into it in the past, but, and we'll dig deeper again in the future. Uh, maybe a couple of these we'll dig into, but there's okay. probably too many to go too far, but, but it's a tour. Um, I think a good tour to, a good place to start out with is, is a journey. So if you're looking at your project, you think about like, what are your goals for this thing? And what does that look like over time? A journey. It's like, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. Maybe there's a little bit of a, what happened before the beginning? What happened after the end? But either way, you've got this timeline of, okay, someone, for example, comes to your, uh, they, they, they comes to your portfolio. No, wait a minute. That's probably not the beginning. The beginning is they become aware of you and then they find a way to go to your portfolio. Then they go to your portfolio and then they do some exploration there, right? So wait a minute, what's their goal as they're going through this journey, right? And are you providing ways for them to, to get then further in toward accomplishing that goal, right? And then what? What does it look, look like at the end? What's the final outcome for, for them and for you? So you have this these flows over time. And there may be a few of these things um, overlapping um, that... Perhaps there are, I'm going to jump around in my list here just for your, for your record Jersey, because a perfect thing to pair with a journey is a persona. A persona is like, sounds, it's a fancy word. It's, it's just, um, it's a, it's a, it's a theoretical person and it's a, it's someone who has goals, maybe things that their, their motivations, pains and habits Maybe something like that, that encompasses their attitude, right? Like, what are they coming to you with? Like, I need help quick. I got to make a comic fast. Or um, I really want to make a comic that changes the world or whatever they you know, that would, would go along with um, their, ideally, this is the most important, most functionally useful aspect of a persona. Whatever the other stuff you end up putting in is just behaviors. What do they do? What does this persona do versus that persona? And there you go. This very, very early
0: on in our conversations about this, I have a very clear memory of me coming at it with the assumption of, well, you just say, guys age 18 to 24, uh, women ages 42 to 70, right? And I I, I threw that out as like, okay, yeah, that's how you start a persona. You're like, no.
1: So those are demographics. (laughs) Those are demographics, yeah. Some some folks in other disciplines use demographic based personas, okay. but user, user experience doesn't typically use that. So, so why is behavior more
0: important than demographic
1: to you? Uh, because you can match it up with testing your ideas. So, are you able to see this stuff happen? So, you believe that there's this persona, this kind of person, a, a theoretical person that is somewhat represented in the real world, um, and if as your project you know continues and it exists do you can you observe that this stuff actually happened right so you think um yeah people are going to find out about my portfolio from my business card and that's that that's the beginning of the journey right and then if no one's then visiting your portfolio um maybe that persona who you thought totally uses business cards to follow up on things maybe that's maybe that's not as much of a, a behavior that exists in the real world so total made up example but uh because again so it really ties into the whole practical use of these design tools that's all so we could we probably could could and should dig further into those
0: um no i like this idea of defining what the what the, the the journey uh for you and the person interacting with your stuff is that's something that i think i've had a very simplistic approach to in the past where it's like i just want people to buy my comics if i put a link up there and say like here's where you can buy my comics when people search for me and want to know what comics i make they can click that button and get my comics um how do they find that link how like uh what am i thinking about like what are they getting the comics for what do i want to have happen after that
1: well, wow. and like what, and, and then exact, there is a timeline. There is more that happens because even after they have found, like they found your portfolio, they, they've, they discovered enough. They contacted you, they hired you. And then you like, the journey goes on beyond that. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a bit of a flow of those kind of things. And I, and, and what, what do you think would serve you and your audience? Well, Uh and then, have you designed something to help bring about that outcome? Right. So maybe it's, you know, just something to serve all the way along the journey. Like, do you, do you have all these things met in a way? Cause you can take it from a timeline horizontally. like stuff from the, from the past and the, you know, all the way on to, through the future, you can then twist that over. And, and now you have a checklist. Like, do I have this stuff? Is it ready? Is it in my project? Yeah, can I serve all these steps? Hmm. Okay. Um, and then so you in perhaps you you might have more than one um hypothetical user persona that you're serving too. So now you may have more than one journey, and that can. Oh be, yeah, yeah. The thing I'm trying to
0: tangle as you talk is like, okay, well, I want to have people buy my comics, but I also want people to hire me to draw comics. So is that two different? Those are two different paths to take. Right. Yeah. Um, two
1: p- potentially very different audiences with different motivations, which means probably different landing pages.
0: Hmm. With then,
1: pe- perhaps like a subtle way to cross over of like, oh, wait a minute, I meant to, you know, I'm looking for someone to to, you know, make comics for me, not buy their existing comics, right? Uh, but and if there's a way like to get them over to to the other side, but chances are that Having a landing page for each given purpose, probably going to help with more clarity, less, less competition among goals and, um, let more, more focused message to different audiences. Right. Uh, Possible to handle within the same website, but then, um, might need their own discrete areas within. Okay. Um, Yeah so journeys personas um i don't want to uh go too fast and and not have enough room for reaction
0: oh no i i i, I re that was all the reaction i had for that one okay. and then the the rest of the reaction is like oh i gotta think more on this because yeah uh because it's such a timely topic i'm i'm instantly thinking about oh i was gonna update my website this weekend and that you just layered on a whole nother piece that i hadn't considered yet <laughs>
1: so. um just to keep uh, to to keep layering on you um so one exercise that can help you with creating a persona if that seems like it might be useful for you is empathy mapping and okay. let's say you have a, a set of um you know observable behaviors and you're and you kind of have a theme around this where you're like this is um uh, let's see uh, how would you say comics hiring manager? comic art director, comic client, Carla, right? And then, you know, c- Carla has a project with a budget and is, is looking for this, this, um, th- this match of uh, someone who can do things with good turnaround, reasonable turnaround. And uh, um, in, in the, in kid friendly audience, right? This is the right comics, comics, hire Carla, whereas, um extreme comics eric right maybe extreme comics eric is looking for um explosions and rated r everything
0: right he wants (laughs) he wants to do a comics adaptation of chopping mall (laughs) all heads exploding (laughs) all the time
1: i would imagine there's not like your way to serve comics uh extreme eric i forget what we had
0: here extreme extreme uh, Extreme and comics hiring carlin yeah. yeah
1: okay all right, um, that maybe there's a way to refer to somewhere else, or to say um, this is my main thing, and not even talk about the thing you don't do, like just emphasize whatever. So that would serve, you know, even even the Eric persona. Um, but how could you get there with with that? With with you know, now I now you've got like some some characteristics that's helpful. You can you can think of their goals for, you know, along a journey. That that makes sense, but then. You know, what about this, um, let's see, going the little, the more like a, another layer as far as emotional resonance uh, with these personas um, without going into demographics. You can do use, you can use a tool um, called empathy mapping, which we've talked about a few times. Um, I've also, I've talked about this a bit in uh, a talk that we've also talked about on the show um, called uh, Collaborate Like Columbo. And, uh, then anyway, what an empathy map is, it's, you can think of it as like a simple quadrant. Um, but, but there's, there's sort of two categories of observations, right? The ones you can see, and then there's ones you're inferring, right? So the ones you can see or observe are, are like, what does this person say? What does this person do? So ideally you're looking out in the world, maybe people, you know, uh, what have you, And you're thinking of them as examples to empathize with, with things that they say and do, that Mm -hmm. they're kind of along this persona. Or maybe haven't formed that persona yet, and you're like, I need to look around and and help and get a foothold before I even come up with the comics hiring Carla. So you look at what these different people are saying and doing, and then you think about the things you can infer or guess about, which is, what do you think they're thinking, and what do you think they're feeling? as they're, as they're doing and saying, right. And there you go. Now, now you have like a, some things you're guessing at, but things that you also can, can observe. And and it sort of can, can help you think about them as someone you're trying to help and how do they fit in? Give them a journey, see how it goes.
0: Gary is backing you up in the chat. Uh, she says that uh, as a creator with multiple landing sites on my page, it has also helped me to trim down the message I want to put out there, like, yeah, the, that focusing of the message. I immediately think of, so I follow a lot of teachers and educators on Twitter, and right there is a constant stream of information of what they are saying and doing. They're sharing what they're doing in their classroom. Here's pictures of my classroom. These are activities that we're leading, and then they're also sharing what they're thinking in terms of they're, they're, what they're, they're sharing what they're saying in terms of this is a point of frustration for me. Why can't we do more of this and less of that? Like uh, a topic that is getting put uh, thrown around a lot, and at least in the last couple, well, like I want to say the last couple of years uh, on my teaching Twitter is uh, let kids read what they want. Let's, let's stop being prescriptive about what is a pr- appropriate reading level and or what books are for what reading levels. Let's let the kids read what they want and let them fall in love with reading first. And then we can start to push them a little bit harder into the directions that they need to go. Uh, Okay. So I can, there is this data stream I can mine to say, okay, I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm watching what you're doing. And I can start to put together this map to figure out how I can better position myself as a teaching artist to say, this is why you should have me come to your school. This is what, I can solve those problems for you. Here are the ways that I can particularly solve those problems for you. Not that I can solve. I'm the only one to solve them. But here's my special way of solving that problem for you, or assisting you in solving that problem, right? Clarifying that message. Well,
1: and you're forming your ideas around the problem by by listening and and observing, seeing uh, that that's. I mean, that's a form of. well, Some folks call that social listening, and uh, that's you can get product ideas from this, right? You can you can get ways to. Um, Get some insight on how you can improve what you make, or think of a new thing to make, or a new service around that. That's a that's a real thing. That's actually kind of a big um, there. are A lot of big tools and data and industry, but you don't have to have all those big fancy tools. You can just go out there and search for folks who seem to align with those interests. People who say, "I'm a teacher," and "I'm a Twitter," and "I'm sharing things," and they probably, especially if they they're representing of like, "I'm a." I'm a passionate practitioner of this of this discipline, and um, so of course they're going to express a lot of caring thought and stuff related to it. Perfect thing to tune into, and an awesome segue, right? To 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 highlight another UX tool, which is research. It's um, you don't have to be a professional researcher to benefit from doing a little bit of research. It's it can really inform you with. Uh, getting first perspective on what you made by putting it in the world and see what happens, treating your project itself like research, which we did talk about on the, uh, oh, what was it? Product launching. Um, and we talked about it, that a few times, um, searching for minimum viable and minimum lovable product wheel or ML, MVP and MLP on leanintoart.com. You'll see a few episodes there. And uh, that's all driven by making stuff that has an informed feedback loop that totally is a related to this entire episode. Um, But yeah, as Jersey mentioned, the social listening, uh, you could tune into things like app reviews or book reviews related to things that, you know, people are, that, that are in an, in an area of, of interest and audience that's similar to what you make. Uh, you can maybe if, are there, is there any sort of market uh, like sort of, you know, they say they, this competitive landscape data, right? Even though, you know, storytellers, artists, we're not hardcore competing in, in like a traditional capitalist kind of way because there's so much that, you know, great work really does help float all boats and all that um, by just getting, uh, getting a critical mass of a lot of interested people hungry for more, right? Um, but like sales, sales data can help too. Uh, maybe... I, that's not the most important signal to turn into, but it's it can be there. It can help you with choosing from maybe you've got a couple of project ideas and you're like, you know what? This one looks a little more viable for this time. I'm going hold to hold on to this other idea. It's it's a handy tool. But then uh, to emphasize the kinds of research that get you in contact really is as much as you can, as direct as you can with the people you're actually trying to make stuff for. Um. So, that could be anything from, I'm going to test two different banners on my website um, and see which one gets clicks. Or, uh, of course, you know, ad campaigns, that kind of thing. Testing different ways of of phrasing stuff as far as reaching out to people. Um, doing surveys where, uh, you know, Jersey was joking about uh, doing sort of group-based <laughs> Uh, getting feedback by presenting stuff to a group and getting reactions in that way. And it's um, problematic uh, just, and we've talked about this before uh, because people were social creatures and we really affect one another in groups. So you'll get a lot of, as soon as someone's willing to share an opinion in some way that creates kind of this shift in a, in a groups um, like, Oh, it's safe to say this kind of thing whoosh, um, I'm going to go there. Or it depends on the personalities. Well, now you, maybe there's an oppositional thing. Anyway, it's distracting and it's not, it gets you further away from observational evidence because it's, it's people talking about what they would hypothetically do, right? Not that, the, the, the only decent way overall to get some, some data that's um, at least directionally interesting is, is just keep it to a survey. See what people, see what people say there. And then, so it's individual. It's not, you know, sort of a, a group influencing dynamic. Um, and so then there's cheap ways to put surveys in the world, including just, you know, your social feed,
0: whatnot. Uh, You know, I, I just realized I have never sent a survey to any, any place that I've ever taught at. I really should be doing that. Dude. Yes. Holy cow. It tells me anytime I put on a
1: workshop and I'm not, it's not like built into the infrastructure where if I can't do a survey, um, that kind of data is so awesome. So valuable because yeah, getting a bit of a, a feel for what people are reacting to when this is fresh and top of mind. And, um, it's, uh, especially if there's, there's sort of maybe a mix of multiple choice, but then also uh free text as well with some questions that just get people to put stuff in their own words and, See what you find in in people's own words. Um,
0: just, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, so feel free to say no, yeah. like this is another episode if if uh, if it is. Um, but like, just could you ballpark some of the kinds of questions you would ask in a survey? Because I've I've worked at, uh, with different venues where they have their own surveys they give the students, and sometimes it's like, how'd you hear about this? Where did you park? And I'm like, well, is that really useful? Um, you know it is like would you recommend this to a friend any other input you want to give about this and like it, it this it, sure. one of the places like where it said like any other input you want to give us and they were just be like this was great like okay well that wasn't super helpful i'm glad they liked it but um what kind of questions would you ask um let's
1: see this is probably a big topic okay. cuz we could talk about doing scrappy surveys right i'm not trying okay. to to table it Um, i but like there's way more to dig into with this. Okay. So, um what you want to ask is uh let's see. Tell me about when this is working for you. Tell me about when this is not working for you. That kind of thing. And uh let's see. Um how what would be um let's see what what would be the 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 top 3 needs for this kind of service and what maybe what what's stopping what what has what has stopped you in the past or what what's caused you to call uh in a comic instructor before uh I don't know say something like that where something where you can learn something about uh that you can act on right and and something that will be able to be expressed uh without you doing some leading questioning right uh the so leading someone in a question is somehow implying the kind of answer you want
0: right would you like more inking demos like that
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah where you know it might be a little too um yeah, a little too boxing in boxing in your audience and and uh and leading them is is uh something that can happen a lot when you're doing um so let's say so I'll I'll try to answer your survey thing with another pointing out another research kind of uh technique where you can taking what you make and then putting it in front of someone and asking them to perform perform a task, right? Um so hey, could you check out my my, my site? I just want to see if, uh, you can send me an email through my site, give that a try. And then whatever, you know, so while you're watching this person, um, in, of course, if the, if, this, if there's a whole, I guess there's a usability one on one So you want to make someone comfortable, say, I'm not testing you. I'm testing this thing. I want to see how, how well it communicates and, and can do its job. This is the thing I'm testing, not testing you. So I just want to see like this, this is one I want to see if I can do. Um, try to send an email through my website and then don't say anything. Let them go through a struggle. Um, and, and, and then if they are struggling and, and uh, you know, you can ask them to sort of think out loud. What are you, you know, what are you noticing? Um, they're like, I don't know, what should I click? What, what am I supposed to click on this? And then you do your best to be as slippery as possible. You go, do you think you should click on that? Right. And so you try not to lead that person and that kind of voice, that kind of mentality, because you want to see what, what they do and what, how they see what, what you've, what you're sharing. If you're injecting your own, imposing your own ideas on it, you're not getting good data. So why even do the test in the first place? Another way where we do that is we, we send signals of like, please, please approve of this. Um, I'm emotionally attached and I urgently need uh instead of the the feedback and observational evidence, I need reassurance. And I would I'm gonna say that's that's not a good situation like feel comfortable before you go into research. So somehow get get that reassurance from, from a from a different group,
0: not from who you're trying to test on. Right. So um that's a really good distinction to make i've caught myself slipping into like falling into the wanting reassurance rather than wanting good data and totally corrupting the the experience right because i'll start like i i'll hear them being like i'll do this with like story testing when i'm like showing like my thumbnails to somebody and they'll like i'm a little confused about such and such and i'll jump in say oh that gets covered later on in the book don't worry you know (laughs) Like, shut up, Jersey, back off, let them have those questions. Cause those are good questions to have. Cause maybe you could make something a little bit clearer as to insinuate that that'll be covered later on in the story so that, or maybe that's a point of intrigue that you want them to be intrigued there, but back off and don't interrupt. Right.
1: Dude, I did it during this conversation. So when you asked me to, when you asked me to model about, or in, like go through, like, how would you ask this? I completely forgot the first step, which is a useful, like, like the most critical thing about doing research is ask yourself, what do you want to learn from what you made, right? Like that's, that's the core, that's the building block that you can use to construct, you know, something to learn the thing you're trying to learn. So what instrument will help you discover your, in answer to your question? Um, that's the, that's the key step and then you know so you you have a question what you want to learn you pick a way to learn it um because somewhere so you've you've um uh you pick a way to learn it you go through that learning experience you gather your observations um and then now you need to make sense of it you 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 have data uh go through it and update your hypothesis, update what you believe. Maybe there's more things to learn. You have new questions. What, what would help you then next? So research is that is a powerful tool. It doesn't have to ever go away. And you could always be doing just a little bit of it with your project, you know, for whatever kind like, if you, if you have a little bit of uh, just even, yeah, a little bit of time on some occasional basis, you can always, um, Dig a little bit more into either the usage data for for what 's happening the outcomes for 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 what 's happening or you know form form a new way to test this thing put your put what you made in front of an audience and see see how it's meeting or not meeting their expectations um, yeah
0: that's great that that's a, that's a really good framing too is like it, by starting with what do you want to learn uh it reminds me of Ann and I've been doing these school visits and you know workshops for the, the Rockets book tour. And part of our presentation that we do is talking about how we, after the excitement of getting the gig of doing the book on rocket history wore off, we realized, oh crap, we're, we're not experts on rocketry. <laughs> <laughs> and so how do we find out what we even need to know to do this book right? And so what we did is we sat down and wrote down an outline of what we did know. Okay, here's what we do know. And now let's see where the gaps are. And then it turned into like, okay, well, we don't know anything about rockets used in entertainment. Let's, let's start looking there, right? Uh, figuring, writing down everything that we did know was like a good starting point to figure out what we needed to know. Um,
1: <clears throat> that's great. That's, yeah. And so that's, that's interesting. So yeah, that, that is like figuring out, figuring out a new product. That's, um, that's, that's awesome. So what would you, what would you call it? I mean, you're basically, you're doing an inventory. I think that's another powerful thing is, oh. is essentially we like, we've called it, um, unboxing, unpacking, uh, but you're, you're, you're doing, you're creating a list and then seeing where, where are there gaps in this list? And you could even say, where are there, uh, questions about items on this list to, to give you a hint. Right.
0: of where to go next yeah one of the very first things we wrote down was like how do rockets even go <laughs> we didn't even know how they really worked so like i've not taken a physics class since like high school you know i don't i don't remember how this all happened i don't remember newton's laws right so like that that was like a big one we put a big circle around okay well we better learn that um but yeah like framing up new projects is like what do i want to learn from this thing i think is, is, is a great a great framing
1: yeah, that's awesome. I, so I I I would totally add that to um, add to our list of tools. Um, and
0: <laughs> Troy in the chat is saying they say write what you know, but forget to tell you to research what you don't. Then you know more and can write more. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's that's parenthetically should be underneath every time somebody says write what you know and write what you know and be prepared to research what you don't know. So.
1: That's why isn't that the saying actually? Because <laughs> that that one sounds a lot more useful so
0: well troy trademark it put it on twitter tonight
1: right on all That's right good one.
0: all uh, right so i think we've covered a bunch of tools i don't know if final thought time yeah all right sounds good to me okay so uh in about a minute and 30 seconds we will talk about some final thoughts maybe some some reading that you can do to continue on with with your own research on this topic But before we do that, we got to thank a couple more people who make this show possible. And those people happen to be us, me and Rob. We make this show. (laughs) And I mean, we really make it possible because we're the ones who host the show. And uh, we introduced ourselves as creators of stuff. And so we're going to take this moment to point at some of the stuff that we make and hope that you will interact with it. The thing that I would like you to check out is Amazon Academy, a new webcomic that I'm doing, I'm making uh, with Dan Mishkin. Dan Mishkin of DC Comics fame, co-creator of Blue Devil and Amethyst, Princess of Gemworld, writer of Wonder Woman, Superman, uh, countless other DC books. He wrote Dungeons & Dragons comics, um, Creeps with Tom Mandrake, and now we're making a comic together about a uh, a girl, a school for a private school for girls taught by Amazons, where girls like American girls can take classes alongside Amazons and learn the ways of the Amazons. And on the latest update, just dropped where we meet a whole bunch of the different characters who are going to be who are going to be following through this story. Um, I don't know if there's any other thing else. It, it's it's. I mean, it's Amazons, so there's going to be Greek mythology stuff in it, right? So like, it's it's a school with magical Greek mythology stuff, like Hogwarts but with Pegasus and uh, Medusa and, and so on, right? The, the legends of Greek mythology in this school. I'm not spoiling anything because I don't think Medusa's actually in this story, but stuff like that. <laughs> the website is yeah. amazonacademy.net, and it updates on Wednesdays. It's also on Instagram, Amazon Academy Comic, and there is a Facebook page as well. You can follow We're posting the pages natively on all those sites. So, Rob, you make a game.
1: Ah yes. So yeah, there's I have a game called This Panda Needs You. And it's like a super mellow game, great for all ages. It's it's um it was initially designed by my by my wife Kate to um honestly be a be a nice thing for the little ones who happen to have access to like an iPhone or iPad or you know Android phone or tablet and uh do something interesting and useful like pattern matching and and working with shapes and doing a little bit of you know basic interaction practice kind of things uh with a really mellow uh, calm game where there's a little panda cruising through a little bamboo forest everything's neat this panda comes along nice stacks of blocks. The blocks actually are really simple in in the beginning and the stacks get more and more complex, more shapes, more colors, and that's all fine. It's all put together. But then every single time panda shows up, sees the blocks, a cloud comes along, knocks them all down. Blocks go all over the place. This is where you come in to help. This panda needs you to put things right and uh, solve the puzzles. So there's like over 50 levels where things get more progressively challenging. Um, and, uh, you know, the Panda celebrates and gives you feedback as you're, as you're making your progress, encouraging you to, you know, you know, finish it. You can do it. It's got a, another little calm feature in it too, where actually after, after you complete 10 levels, the little Panda goes back home and takes a break. It's all good. It's all good. If you're like, Hey, wait, Panda, come back out and play. It's all good. You can hit the start button and continue. Panda c- continues on with all the from where you left off. You don't have to start back at the beginning. You just keep on going through those levels.
0: What a cool thing. You can learn to build more about into it. the game to encourage them to take oh. a break.
1: Yeah, we got <laughs> feedback on that. And uh hey, you know, feedback UX. Um and it's uh <laughs> that was a good idea. It's uh it, it gives a it gives a nice nice little pace. It's satisfying to let oh the panda went home. Oh, cute and that's there you go that's what the game is you can le- you can learn more about it at at uh, this-panda.com there's links to all the different platforms that it's on which include you know windows desktop mac desktop uh android phones and tablets and of course uh apple phones and tablets too
0: and if you did purchase it in any of those places a great thing you could do is give it a star review five star review or write a review that helps more people find the game as well um if you are here because you say well that's all nice that you guys make stuff but i'm more interested in the way you guys think about stuff fair enough this show is a product that we make and we have more products like them self-contained videos at leanintoart.com slash workshops where you can download um self-contained workshops that we have used in real life you know uh settings uh you can download them at a price of your choosing even free you can get them for free right now at leanintoart.com slash workshops uh, if you do get value out of them, though, a nice thing you could do is maybe purchase one afterwards for a friend. And then you're doing something cool for a buddy. And you're also giving us a tip for saying, like, hey, thanks for making something that, that I found useful. If you're watching the show right now on YouTube, giving it a thumbs up helps more people find the show as well. If you haven't subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button. Um, and if you hit the little bell, I've been, not- I've been told this, that if you hit the little bell, you'll be notified when we go live with uh, future Lean Into Art shows. Uh, if you're listening to this in a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever podcatcher you use, Stitcher, giving the show a star review, five star review, wherever you listen to it helps more people find the show as well. And we thank everybody who's been doing all those things. It means a lot to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure does. Thank
0: you. All right. Final so. thought time. You want to talk about uh Erica Hall's just enough research?
1: I do. I do. Cause like what if what if our sales pitch worked, right? What if this does sound useful and interesting? And you're like, okay, now, yeah, I would like to do some research. I think I want to do timeline personas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Research, especially, I'm about to go do that. Wait a minute. How do I do it? Yeah, we didn't really cover that in detail. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you're interested. And I think they're honestly a fantastic book on the topic is the one you mentioned, Jersey, is uh, just enough research because it, and it's by Erica Hall um, of, of Mule Design. So it's the, the book is very pragmatic. It's a small book, yet, uh, you know, it's an easy, quick read. And some helpful guidance as far as, like, different kinds of research for what situations, with, you know, almost like, choose your own adventure, right? And a very handy guide, very practical, because then it's like, well, and here's how you can act on it, both with Um, like a little brief process, but then also tools, tools that can help you. Um, so, you know, maybe you have a web comic and it's not that easy to go, you know, demonstrate it perhaps, right. With your audience. But there's ways where you can remote test usability, stuff like that. And, uh, all the, all sorts of handy resources are in the, in the book that, uh, that it's so condensed yet approachable. Can't recommend it enough.
0: Erica Hall's just enough research. Mule Design were the people who made. Um, uh, what was that podcast? Was it like let's let's make mistakes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a awesome. great podcast about design.
1: And uh, I know they have a new show that I have not uh, delved into too much yet, but just yeah, just a little bit. It's
0: um, I'll look it up. Okay. Um, is Voice of Design voice of design all right we'll link to that in the show notes as well really
1: good from what i've caught so far but i'm like way behind
0: okay um well i'll have to read that too as i think about how i'm going to do more research on my w- web presence um you know Try tried to get more um incorporate more of what we talked about today into the way i run my teaching business and my freelance illustration business for sure uh so thanks rob this is all really good food for thought was there anything else that we wanted to cover anything that we might have left on the table
1: well i mean if you think about it it's like we've we've created a big um uh like hopefully an encouraging signal that there's a couple of activities that can that can help you improve both i mean improve your projects and how you present them And I mean, one of those things is design through the conceptual design, things like personas and, 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 uh, journeys and that kind of stuff. But then the research, so research and design on your projects, uh, it's, it's, it's a handy way to get out of the, uh, um, or at least have another signal of like, um, like I can have a hard time picking from like, what project do I want to work on next? Like I've, and like, you know, like which one gets most of my time? And doing a little bit of this, a little bit of research, a little bit of design can help you sift through that, and even like what to work on next. And mm-hmm. yeah, it has a lot of benefits that where where you can apply this. So hopefully, yeah, you know, and it's okay. got me
0: thinking how I want to I want to think about how I could apply this to like even my mini comic experimentation because we've talked a lot over the years about like how much I think of mini comics as a way to test drive ideas. And the only data I ever collect is how well they do at shows. I take them to a convention and then I watch how, how, how people interact with them and, and what ones get purchased and what ones get handled the most. Um, but what if I were to put some kind of like short link in the back and invite people to say like, hey, here's a free thing if you want to take this quick survey on what you thought of this mini comic. And what kind of questions would I put in that mini comic to find out how well it was received, right?
1: It sounds like a pretty interesting thing to try. You're so gentle, I'm Not saying that facetiously. I know. I know. You're you're being a gentle bro. (laughs) And I I am also in because I'm like, why haven't I tried that? Because I have put in ads. I cross sell my stuff. Like in a variety of my mini comics, I've like sold guitar fretter. And for instance, huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But not
1: that. I like that idea. Like those other kinds of there are other follow ups. Yeah, it could be neat
0: just like what like, i guess the question that i'm left with is what behaviors could i invite and track as people interact with my mini comics at shows right whether it's taking a survey or is there something else is there a link i can point them to for something else just to see who's actually availing themselves of that right like trackable links that you can put on like download a free thing of this get the pdf yeah. of this of this mini comic here right
1: totally ah oh. These are awesome ideas. All right. And yeah. sounds fun and worth trying. And honestly, if, uh, it would be great to hear from from the leaners as well. Like, what are some of these kinds of things that you have tried? Um, favorite tools, tricks, tips, challenges. Uh, we could totally dig more into this. Um, any questions you have about any of this stuff. Would love to hear it. And we'll totally dig into it in another episode.
0: All right. Well, I think we did a podcast. So this is the part Mm -hmm. where I say uh, we record the show every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. We stream it live on YouTube and then collect it as a podcast at patreon.com slash leanintoart and at leanintoart.com. And uh, we'll be back with another episode soon with episode 250. Mm -hmm. And until uh, next time, I have been Jersey Drozd of leanintoart.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. And I've been Rob Stenzinger of
1: leanintoart.com and Rob Stenzinger on Instagram.
0: Okay, bye.
1: Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanintoart and you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.